Amen. Say with me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God are all we need, and we need each desperately. Amen. So here we are, Mother's Day 2018. Man, 2018. Moms, some advice for you today. Don't allow social media to question your value as a mom. Amen. Don't allow any one thing to determine your value. Number three, performance-based relationships are of Satan. There are no perfect moms. Perfection is unattainable. If your mom is a dud, or was a dud, forgive and move along. Don't allow your mom to impact your life, to control your life from the grave, or from the place of guilt. Your mom might be a dud. Honoring your parents, honoring your mother and father, doesn't mean total acceptance of behavior, of their behavior. Honoring your mother and father means respect of their position. Think about that for a while. Might set you free. Might just set you free. Now listen to this one for today. There is no perfect Mother's Day for anyone. If you go to Olive Garden today, there's too many people in there to be horrible. Don't go. It'll ruin your Mother's Day. Don't do it. There is no perfect Mother's Day for anyone. Stay off Facebook today. Because it wasn't perfect for them either. The picture just looks perfect. And the little caption is most likely a lie. At the end of the day, love is the key. At the end of the day, hope is the key. At the end of the day, belief is the key. Belief is the key. What do you talk about the most with your children? Do you talk about the outside? Do you talk about the things that are temporary? Do you talk about the worldly things? Or do you talk about the eternal more, the inside more, and that what matters the most more. I've enjoyed today, but I set you up. I wear a nice pair of slacks. I wear a nice shirt. Men's warehouse is best. 
It doesn't really fit me, but they said it does. I have a men's warehouse jacket and I've, I've received all the normal comments that I always receive when I wear clothes differently than I normally wear. Your jeans are dirty. Yeah, I hem and hard it around. Just load everything. Isn't it interesting how often we are geared to comment on clothing? The outside and not the inside. No one today commented on my belief. No one commented on my spiritual life. No one commented. I know that this, this is just a superficial illustration to get somewhere, okay? So don't bite too much on the clothes thing, but get the meaning behind it. How often do we talk about clothes instead of what really matters? What you really need to do is go to men's warehouse and say, where's the short fat guy coats? And go and say, I love you. I love that jacket. It would look good on Brother Lee. No, it wouldn't. It'd still be him. Right? I could take off all my clothes for you today. I would be willing to do it because I have deluxe boxers on. They're wonderful. They look like shorts. But it would still be me, right? This is my face. This is my lack of hair. This is who I am. You look so nice today. You didn't tell me I looked nice last week. Is it the clothes or is it me? Right? I very seldom ever look nice. I've never looked nice. But my clothes get comments. There's a group of people that meet on a regular basis at a diner around here, and I'm in there every now and then, and I've been close enough to the table for the first 20, 25 minutes. All they talk about is how cute each other looks with what they're wearing. You've got to be kidding me. You're talking about how cute each other looks with what they're wearing? What about them? I mean, just go to Hemphill Wells. You don't know about Hemphill Wells. Just go to Dillard's. Hemphill Wells is gone, I think. Just go to Dillard's. Go to Fact Sack or whatever that is. Or, or Neiman Marcus. And, and just go down and talk to those clothes. Our culture is geared for the outside and not the inside. We're geared for how people look and not how people are. And mamas, you got to be careful with that. The most important thing you can teach your children is the inside, the spiritual, the eternal. At the end of the day, the most important thing is belief. Belief. So think about what you spend most of your time talking with your kids about. Is it how they look? Is it their grades? Is it how well they did on the ball pit field or the court? Is it how well they're doing something in the home? Or do you spend most of the time sitting down talking about what really, truly matters in life? Not the outside, but the inside.
Not the worldly, but the eternal. Not clothes, but belief. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23, the scripture says it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses' parents, Amram was the dad and Jochebed was the mom. It was by faith that Amram and Jochebed, it was by faith, by their faith, that they hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Switch over to Exodus chapter 2. You see, it was a hard day to be a parent. It was a difficult day to be a Hebrew. Hard day to be a parent. Hard day, hard times. The Hebrew people were in slavery. Um, They were oppressed. It was a hard life. They worked as slave laborers. They were abused. They were yelled at. They were cursed. They were beaten with whips by the slave masters. They were poor. They lived in small lean-tos. They lived in poorly furnished homes or shanties. They would live wherever they could and find some shade over their head. They had few of any possessions to call their own. They had no opportunity to do what they wanted. They could not better themselves because they were slaves. And they multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And the Pharaoh became concerned with the number of fighting age Hebrews. So he said, we got to do something about this. And so he set in motion a law that for every male child that was born to the Hebrews, they would be killed because the girls don't fight, right? That was his mindset. And let's just just get rid of all the fighters and we'll get rid. We'll be able to control these slaves if we will kill all the male children. Now, Aaron was born before that law. Miriam, his, his sister, was older than Moses. And so Moses comes along. Now, I can't help but think that Jochebed and Amram would lay down at night and they would wonder what in the world are they going to do if they have a, a, a masculine child? They have a boy. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? It had to be a concern. It had to be something they talked about. He's killing all the male children. Now the midwives, the ladies that would help the Hebrew women deliver their children, they didn't go for it. They believed in God's edict more than than the king's. And and they would either go real slowly for the birth or, or they would just ignore it and quickly... You know, refused to talk about it. And so it was a difficult, difficult time to be a mother. 
Can't imagine wanting a girl and not a boy because of the boy might be killed. And so you see that by faith, they hid Moses for three months. Chapter 2, look at this story. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. That's Amram and Jochebed. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Faith, belief, and action. Look at the faith of Jochebed. Look at the faith of Amram. Now, Amram most likely is at work, isn't he? Most likely is at work. Most likely wasn't part of this situation. Perhaps he was part of the plan, but the plan required belief. The plan required belief. She had to believe in the basket. Now she makes the basket. She puts the tar and pitch on the basket. She waterproofs the basket the best she can. But she had to have belief in the basket. Oftentimes, we have got to have belief in something that God puts us in, puts in motion in our lives. And it's a very practical thing, but we've got to trust God in the practical thing. And she needed to believe God for the basket being able to float. Now, she probably made baskets, most likely. She probably made baskets. She probably... Um, was good at making baskets. It's probably something that had been passed down in her life. She probably made baskets for grain. She made baskets for figs, and she made baskets with her food. And so she probably had some skill making baskets. When you have a problem, 
More times than you realize, the solution to the problem is within your capabilities. It may be a simple thing that God wants to use. It may be a skill that you have. It may be a talent that you have. It may be part of your spiritual gift. But you have a problem, and your problem, perhaps not as you know, difficult as the problem here with the Hebrew child, but you got a problem. And the solution that God is going to use to take care of your problem is within your skill set. However, you must release it by faith. And God knows that. And that's why God gave you that skill set. And that's why the solution is within your wheelhouse. However, the most difficult places in life to trust God are in the things that we're really good at. The things that we have some experience with. And I think that is her basket. I think that is her basket. Now, the interesting thing here is not only does she need to have faith in the basket, but she had to have belief in God over the Nile. Now, it says she placed the basket in the reeds along the shore. Now, the Nile River, then and now, has crocodiles in it. You can't see those things. They're everywhere. You also have the current of the Nile. The Nile runs pretty strong into the Mediterranean Sea. You also have all kinds of things along the Nile. She had to have belief in the Nile. She had to belief in the reeds. They wouldn't break. She had to have belief that somehow or another, God was going to overcome whatever problems there would be with the Nile. Remember, the Nile is a place where the male's children are thrown to drown them. And so the very thing that, that evil uses... She's got to trust that God would use. Isn't that fascinating? I think it's fascinating to think about all the times that there is something that God uses for good that Satan uses for evil. And his plan for us requires that we believe in God and it's our Nile. We've got to trust that God is going to protect that baby in the basket among the reeds in the powerful Nile River with all the creatures in the Nile River. When she put that basket there and walked away, she had to completely trust God's plan. And I believe that God laid this plan on her, but yet she's got to trust God in the basket. She's got to trust God in the Nile. I think about them alligators in Louisiana. They put that half chicken on that hook. They put it up high. They tie on the, the, the tree and they dangle it with that, that cane pole out there and that, and that big gator comes along and <clears throat> gets it and every single time they come up and said, line down, boy, line down. Here we go. Going to be a good one. Going to be a good one. Here we go. And they come in, get him, boy, get him, boy. You know, I said, toot him, toot him, toot him. Toot him. 
I mean, I can't imagine the suspense with that basket being in that water. Chutum, 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 Leroy, chutum. No, I gotta get a shot. Get him up for me. I'm trying. He's a big one. He's a big one. Get him up for me. It's a big one. I want to go do that. But she had to trust the Nile, God over the Nile. And so the hardest piece of this lesson of belief is this. She had to walk away because she couldn't be associated with that baby. She had to walk away. Miriam went over there. Miriam's not pregnant. Now, everybody knows that Jochebed is pregnant. That story would, would spread quickly. And so she sent Miriam out there to spy, to check on it, to watch and see what God did because she knows that she can't be there. And so she's a distance. And look what God did as a result of them following God's plan and believing in God and his plan. Believing in him in the basket, believing him in the Nile, and, and believing him enough to walk away. The princess just happens to go down and bathe. Maybe they knew that, maybe they didn't. Not quite sure. She's down there. Now, the little boy's crying, and she feels sorry for him. And she says, this must be one of the little Hebrew babies. And then Miriam walks over and says, you reckon I'd go find a Hebrew woman to nurse that baby for you? The princess says, yeah, that's a good idea. So she went and found Jochebed. Come nurse your baby. We got to be quiet about it. You got to be careful with this, but, but come nurse your baby. And oh, by the way, the princess said she's going to pay you for it. That's a God kind of deal. You know, God's at work when he does far more than you'd ever expect. Jochebed would have been okay with just nursing her boy a little longer. But not only is she going to nurse this boy, she's going to get paid for it. She's going to get paid to nurse her own son. And then you have another thing about this faith of Jochebed and this belief of Jochebed. In verse 10, later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Now, what Jochebed has laid down for her son Moses is belief. Moses wasn't perfect. Moses made mistakes. But if we'll turn back to the book of Hebrews... And look at these scriptures. Check this out. In the Hall of Fame in Hebrews, we see this foundation of belief was laid. 
It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's commands. And then we see in verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And then we see in verse 25, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. And then we see in verse 26, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. How did that happen? Well, he never could get away from the story of belief that his mother and his father laid down for him. But most, important, most, most surely, his mother laid down for him. Think about this plan. We're going to hide the boy for three months. And then after that three months, I believe that God has instructed us to build a basket that'll float. And we're going to put that boy in the basket and we're going to put him in the Nile and we'll put him among the reeds. And somehow or another, I just believe that God is going to take care of my boy. I am going to turn my boy loose. And it's up to God to take care of that boy. Belief, belief. That's what we do as parents. We do what we believe God has asked us to do. We raise them, we teach them, we guide them, we release them, and we trust God with them. That's what we do. That's what we should do. Belief. So just ask yourself this question. What do you teach the most? Clothes? How to behave socially? Performance? Do you teach the worldly? Do you teach the temporary? Do you teach the outside? Or are you teaching belief? Belief like Jochebed. God, lead us today, Lord. May we hear your words clearly. May your spirit guide us. 
May we, may we respond in a way that's honoring to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.